Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with my good buddy, Stephen Cervantes. So how are you doing today? I am well. Glad to be here. Excited. Motivated. Let's go. Oh, man. So... Um, so we're recording this in the middle of May, and so we're kind of in, we're living in strange times. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are unique and, and unusual times, so certainly our our thoughts and our prayers go out to those who are dealing with the whole COVID situation in all kinds of ways, those who may have been impacted personally mm-hmm. by it. We certainly think about all of our um, uh, you know first responders and all the folks that are in the work of uh, the medical field and just all the, the you know, sleepless nights and um, so it's a tough time that we're in, but I think this is an opportunity uh, as Christians that we have to elevate the gospel and to come together and to find creative ways to continue to do life together, to serve our neighbors and love our neighbors well. Yes. And so we just want to encourage you in that. Our, you know, we're we're uh, we're still here. We're doing ministry. You know, we've yes. we've seen uh, we've actually seen an uptick in our listeners. You guys reaching out to us, asking specific questions, wanting to connect even further. Oh, uh, good. So if you would like to connect with us, just go to puresexradio.com. There's a contact link there. You can all, always connect with us on social media at Pure Sex Radio. Um, but we are grateful to have you as listeners, and we want to continue to encourage you uh, during whatever season of life you're in. Yes. And that, I think, le- leads us into a conversation I'm kind of looking forward to, Stephen. Good. You you pose this question, and I think it's a good one. It's a simple question, but just why Jesus? Mm, why like, Jesus? Why Jesus? Why Jesus? Why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you need a Jesus? Why do you hang on to Jesus? Why why do you look for Jesus? Why do you think Jesus is important? Why why Jesus? Yeah. So do I launch now? Go for well, it, yeah. you did the intro. Good job. So I'm just walking my neighborhood and. And I'm so excited. I'm so full of peace and joy, and I'm so glad. And it's just like, it's like things are fitting together in my life. And I have such peace in my soul. And I get to thinking about it. I'm listening to a podcast, and this guy's talking about how the gospel is changing lives in Africa and China and Malaysia. And it's just like, oh my goodness, Jesus is everywhere. Jesus is doing stuff everywhere. People who didn't believe are starting to believe. And people people that have believed are deepening in their belief. And and, uh, this speaker was saying, we're not in a crisis, we're in a disruption. But in the disruption, it sort of resets your priorities. What's really important? What do you need versus what do you want? He was saying, we're so want. What I want, you know what I want to do? You don't want to do this weekend. You want to I'm going to go this movie, I'm going to go that. You don't want to go. It's like, well, what do you need, really? What do mm-hmm. you need? So, so I started playing with it, and it's just like, I like that I like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I like that I have a Jesus in my life. I like that there's continuity from very early to now. Mm-hmm. And the theme is the gospel and the sacrifice and the life of Jesus. I like everything about Jesus. What do you think? Yeah. Well, when when you first posed the question to me, I think where my mind immediately Mm. went to was exactly what you're talking about, the difference between needs and wants. Mm. And I, I just started kind of creating a list of these things that at the core of who I am, I need. And I don't think they're they're specific to me. 
I think mm. they're actually universal to humanity. And the first thing I put down is, I need hope. Oh, that's good. Like if if you if you live for any amount of time in this life, you yeah. realize there's a lot of circumstances that that don't go the way that you want. You oh. didn't get the job you wanted. You didn't make the team. You you face uh you face a situation like we're in now where you realize how little control you have oh. over not only your own life, but the things around you. Yeah, but slow down just before we lost control. You were going, you didn't make the team, this didn't work out. And I was going, and nobody wanted you. Yeah. Okay, nobody wanted you. You Nobody wanted you on their team. Mm. But Jesus says, hey, you can be on my team, I pick you. Exactly. This idea that when I think about the idea of hope and, and what Jesus brings, if you look at if you look at God's story all throughout scriptures mm. and all throughout all throughout history, what you realize is that it's it's God who brings hope to the outcasts. Mm. He brings hope to the marginalized. He actually chooses over kings and over authorities. He chooses, you know, Ooh, yeah. the young shepherd boy who who his dad didn't even want him to be part of the lineup for king. You know, he's like he chooses these outcasts. He chooses the the youngest. You know, the he chooses the Josephs of the world. He chooses the the murderer's Moses. He chooses the the yeah. Abrahams who was a pagan in a foreign country. He chooses, he gives hope. Yeah, so we are the chosen ones. Is that not cool? So go on, and then your second was control. Well, the other one, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's not one of the needs that I put down, but the idea of, of, of God bringing hope is, I think, the realization, I would put under the control one, that I need security. I need. I love what you said. There's a continuity between when you were young and and to mm. now of of Jesus in your life. Meaning he's the same yesterday, today, forever. There's a there's a security that I have in being in relationship with the Creator of the universe because mm. he was here before any of it. He's going to be here. I mean, he's eternal. He is the great I am, mm. and because he's unchanging. Man, in my very changing circumstances where I know I don't have control, my goodness, I need that sense of security. Like there's an anchor. That he has control. That that he's that a he refuge. Has, he's a oh. rock. He's the, he's the mm. stronghold. You know, he's the one that I can be anchored into so that as all the winds of my life are flapping oh. around, I have a sense of there's an anchor for my soul. Yeah, the rock. That's good. There's an anchor, a rock, a place my soul goes. So you did too. Okay, I've got more, but I, want I know, you to get, but I'm yeah. going to jump we'll in go here back and, forth, and yeah. go on my list too here, and I was just just jotting things down. But you know, I need better thinking than my own thinking. You know, I, I've I've done pretty good thinking, but it's sort of I don't know if you know this or not. It's limited. You know, <laughs> I'm a finite human being with x amount of education and effort and insight, and I got one brain. I'm in one place. I, but and so I can do pretty good thinking, but I know I need better thinking. Mm-hmm. I need God thinking. I need big thinking because I can get stuck in small places. So so He offers me another way to see things, which is I need better thinking sometimes. Well, as you're saying that, I'm thinking you know He's the one that says His ways are higher than Mm. our ways. His thoughts are higher than as far as the heavens are above the earth. You know, it's like there's not only does he give us a different perspective, he gives us the perspective 
on you know like yes and so when when we dive into what he has said when we dive into what Jesus demonstrated for us it's not just about Jesus being an example we're told that he's the living word of god mm. so there's a connection to a to a greater a greater word there's a connection to a greater uh, thinking yeah. to a greater wisdom yeah. right he brings to us something that we don't contain within ourselves cuz it's like um to put it on a smaller scale it's kind of like if you if you step into a room with people that are just more learned than you yes then it, what it like immediately brings you into a, like a different experience of yeah. whatever the subject matter is right where it either calls you up to get your best thinking or it calls you to shrink back and shut up because yeah. you're going to look stupid. And that's where I think the the invitation that Jesus gives to us is when he says, you know, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask. Mm. And God, who's generous, will give it to you. Yes. So it's kind of like, whereas if I walk into a room with somebody who's super smart and they think they're super smart, I'll probably shrink. Yeah. When you walk into the presence of Jesus, who is the smartest of uh, all, and he says, hey, I want to hang out with you. Oh, my god! Then you're like, my goodness, he wants to share not just his wisdom. He wants to share his life with me. And that gives a better word, right? That gives a better fabulous. thinking. fabulous. I'm thinking of the woman at the well. I just read it this morning. And, and she goes, why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. We don't talk. And he goes, I could give you living water. And they talked about where we're going to worship. And I know there's a Messiah. And then he whispers at the end, I am he. Mm -hmm. It's like, he didn't tell almost anybody that. He told he didn't want anybody to know that. But but here's a woman sitting there and he says, I got to tell you something. Mm -hmm. And it's like he blessed the socks off. Just a, a, a regular common person. A person that everybody else had really literally cast out right because mm. she's having to go in the middle of the day to get water when that wasn't the time you went and all of that so right you got something one of the other made? things i have here in kind of my list of of needs and mm. and by the way listeners this is not going to be exhaustive i mean i think if we if we kept asking ourselves the question why jesus don't you think we could on every and on, day absolutely. on and on we'd come up with new things on the list but but one of the other things that i wrote down was I need life. Mm. And what I mean by that is, I mean, we're actually told in Scripture that we're born dead in our trespasses and sins. Mm. Meaning in terms of, of true life in my soul, I'm not born with that. I'm born with life mm. in my body. But what Jesus brings me is life for my soul. Mm. And I think this is one of the reasons why when people, you know, even in our ministry, when people are chasing after all kinds of other things, they're chasing after pleasure, they're trying to find it in porn, they're trying to find it in illicit relationships, you know, more money, more stuff, more, more, more. And yet the accumulation of all those things, their, their soul, their, where, where life is, is still empty and dead. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I'm like, man, the core of who I am, I, I need the life that only Jesus can give. Like there's an invigorating, energizing power yes. that yes. Jesus brings to my being, my whole being, not just not just my mind, but like my body and my soul and everything. That's good. So I need somebody to explain to me what the big picture is. Right? I'm here, I'm walking around, I'm doing good deeds, and then I fall over and I'm dead. That's it. 
And so Jesus says, I can explain the big picture to you. The Father and I are one. I'm in him and he's in me and, and you're in me and we're all one. I got this big picture. I love that. I love that somebody can explain the big picture. And it's funny because uh, I heard a speaker say, uh, we're moving away from the faith and the belief stuff and people are substituting it with causes. So I live for a cause. But it's like, that's dumb. I've lived and I thought I knew and I was on a mission. They're all empty, right? It's all nothingness, busy nothingness. You got to have a big picture here. And yeah, Jesus a cause said, has a shelf life, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You get to the end of it, you can lead it, you can be in the middle of it, you can be excited about it. In the end, it doesn't, it doesn't set your soul free or anything. It's just a lot of busyness. So I need a big picture. Somebody explain to me a big picture. Well, and, and I think the big picture then, part of that, that Jesus gives to us is um, when he gives us what the greatest commandment is, right? Love God mm. and love your neighbor. Mm. So the big picture is highly relational. And sometimes a cause, a cause is about personalities. A cause is about, you know, uh, solving a problem, right. right? A cause is, and so sometimes that's why causes have these shelf lives where Jesus is saying, I can give you that bigger picture where it's it's a relationship with me. It's a relationship with mm -hmm. your neighbor. Um, and you can always tell where you are. If you know the big picture, you can always tell. You don't get lost. Yeah. You know? So here's the thing, and that's what I've seen in my own life, is is having that big picture of kind of the 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 what I'm made for and, and the mission and those kind of things of, of loving God and loving my neighbor is then – if I start finding myself drifting towards materialism mm. or drifting towards any number of things like that, because I've been given the big picture, right? I can go, okay, now I see I'm getting away from true north. I need to get back on, mm. on track. So the other thing I was say, I was going to say here about kind of these needs that I realized that, that really only are ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. So I said, I need hope. I need security. I need life. Also say, you know what? I need identity, and oh my goodness, is that not a topic right now that has so much confusion around it, specifically related to gender? But I mean, so much more than that. Right. Like, I need identity. Like, who am I? And nobody gives that to me like Jesus does. Jesus gives mm. me my identity. He says, before the foundation of the world, I chose you. Before the foundation of the world, I formed you in your mother's womb. I have known you, and I'm the one who, I'm the one who calls you by name. Mm. I love that fact that, um, that, that Jesus doesn't just, we're not just like, um, we're not just like a bunch of Petri dishes. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're, we've got some kind of like checkbox next to our, next to us. He's like, he calls us by name. Mm. He gives us an identity as men, as women. He calls me Jonathan you know, and I have a sense of identity because I know my maker. Yeah. And I think that's important. That's good. That's why Jesus. That's why gives Jesus. Me there gives me you identity. Go. I like to be on a team mm -hmm. and I like to have a place to belong. And Jesus says, I got a fellowship. I got a church. Come on, join us. Be on our team. Be on the God team. It's like, I like that. I, I want to be on a team. I want to be on a team that nobody's going to throw me off or they're going to say, you're not that good. And, and uh, come on in. We're glad you're here. 
Uh, and you're always welcome. Mm-hmm. I love that. I want to be on Jesus's team. Yeah, no, no getting overlooked, right? Yeah, that's uh, right. Every, everybody on his team gets picked, you know, and, and like mm. I said, you know, chosen. Uh, another one I have is, and this is a, uh, this is a biggie, and I think it's one that, um, that maybe is confusing to some people um, because they can be like, well, I can get that, I can get that from, you know, things or people other than Jesus, but I need love, mm. and and. Again, I think people could say, well, come on. I mean, my mother loves me. I've got friends that love me. I mean, you know, we live in a culture where we're all, all we say is, you know, we just need love. Of course, we, you know, love, love transcends just a relationship with Jesus. And in one respect, I would say, oh, yeah, there's, there's love out there. But who's the author of love? Mm. You're even even your conception of love cannot be disconnected from the Creator God, because He first loved yeah. us. Therefore, we know how to love, mm. and so it's only really in Jesus that I understand the fullness of all that love means. Not as a mere sentiment, like "Oh, I love you," because essentially I like you and you please me and you give me what I want. No, I love you because even, as Jesus would say, even when you were my enemy, even when you didn't know me, even when you didn't want me, I was demonstrating love through sacrifice. I was going to pay a price in order to be in a relationship with you. So I need that understanding of love in my Mm. life. And only Jesus gives me that full picture of love that goes beyond sentiment and is about a relationship that requires sacrifice. Mm, That's good. So uh, my next one is, I like what Jesus is all about, the teachings of Jesus, how he lived his life, what he stands for. Because what is it? It's love. It's giving. It's sacrifice. It's grace. It's mercy. It's forgiveness. It's like all the good stuff. Jesus is about all the good stuff. And I like that. I like being on a team. What's promoted on the Jesus team? All the really good stuff, love and faith and hope and sacrifice and lay down your life for your friend. I mean, go team Jesus. This is a great team. The stuff that it's about, it's good stuff. Yeah, and it's stuff that um, I heard Tim Keller one time doing a sermon on why why seeing Jesus as a mere example isn't good enough. In other words, it would crush you. If you only saw Jesus as an example, like an example for love or an example of goodness, an example, it will crush you because you will realize the perfection of his teaching, the perfection of his love, the perfection of his giving. And so therefore... No, no, I'm still not making So therefore, to try to live up to that, it would crush you. So you have to see Jesus as a savior. Okay. In other words, I'm I'm with you in terms of I love all that Jesus is about. If I were to try to live like Jesus, it would crush me. I can't yeah, do it. I couldn't it. do it, right? I couldn't do it on my own. So therefore, will and above all of that, I have to see Jesus isn't just a good example. Right. He has to save me cuz I could never follow him in his footsteps unless he were to actually save my life. Because I can't be as loving as him. I can't be as gracious. I can't, I don't have the authority of teaching that he does. You know, it's like, 
I have to be surrendered to his salvation, not just the example. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, yeah. And I think you're making a spiritual point. You have to submit to really receive, right? It's a little twist on what I was saying because I was saying, look at all the traits of Jesus. I like them all. Yeah. And you're saying there is another step to enter in. Yeah. Right, of submission. Because you can look at those things from afar. And yep. I think a lot of yep. people have admired Jesus yep. over the years. Well, but, and I think that's really what I was saying. Yeah. I mean, look at anybody's life you want. Yeah. And okay, they were nice or they were kind. Nobody they, was like Jesus. But they were a recluse or or they got yeah. even with you that one time. And, you know, when you look at anybody's life, you go, well, you know, everybody's got little pieces of this. But when you look at his life, it was just good popping out in the dialogue, in the interaction. When you look at this life, yeah, right, from the outside, it's like, why wouldn't I want to follow that life? If I got to follow some life, that is an amazing life to follow. That's sort of what I'm saying. Yeah. And you're saying, not only could you follow that, but if you really want to enter into it, yeah, you can't do that on your own. You can't just show up and get, and buy a T-shirt with a Jesus <laughs> letter on. So I graduated, and, right? We, there's some examples where people were trying to exactly in the yeah. Bible imitate, but it was like, no, 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 that you're not plugged in because you're saying then if, then if you want to participate in all these things, they're they're available. Yeah, but you have to submit, right? To enter in to all these are not just amazing things on the outside. They're like things to walk in mm-hmm. on the inside, right? And that's that leads kind of into the next thing that I had that is so foundational to, to how I would answer the question, why Jesus, is because at the end of the day, I, I need mercy and grace. Mm. I mean, with every passing year of my life, I'm actually more aware <laughs> of how sinful and broken I am. Uh, I may not be acting that out in the same ways that I did when I was younger, mm-hmm. but it's almost like don't don't you don't you kind of feel that way sometimes? Like you you start getting a more a finer sensitivity to the realities of your own brokenness, your own right. sinfulness, your limitations. And, um, <clears throat> I think yes. of it like when Paul in Romans seven twenty five years after his conversion is talking about his current battle against sin in mm-hmm. his life. And he's like, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so I realized, Jesus, I need Jesus. I need the mercy and the grace of Jesus. Because apart from that, man, I can't stand. I can't stand before God. I can't stand up mm, in life. That's good. Yeah. So uh, it's a little similar to one earlier. But Jesus has a way to make the eternal things make sense. Mm. Because he lived them, he spoke about them, he challenged uh, the institution, the religion, the the uh, ritualistic, and uh, and and he, and yet he could go toe to toe with them. Yeah, right. I love that Nicodemus story where he's on the ruling council, and Nicodemus comes in the cover of night and says, "Hey, I've made this observation. Nobody." that doesn't have God or, or you must have God said another way. You must have God in you because the things that come out of you have to be God things. Mm-hmm. And what I love is what Jesus says. He didn't even address that issue. He just, Nicodemus goes, you must be from God, right? Uh, I'm sort of getting that vibe here. It's just a, a, if you read, it's a matter of fact statement. And Jesus flips on him 
And he says, unless you're born again. Well, what is G, Nicodemus had to scratch his head because this makes no <laughs> sense. What do you? Well, what are you talking about, Jesus? And he's one of the elite religious yeah, leaders, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, what is that born again? He said, unless you're remade, mm-hmm. right? Unless you have the right stuff at your core, right? Unless you run on the right program, what is born again? Unless the old stuff becomes new stuff, right? Oh, I, my old program will only run so far. I have to have a new program. He's telling, he's talking to Nicodemus about stuff Nicodemus didn't even ask about. Exactly, yeah. Because Nicodemus just came and said, you must be of God because of things you do. And I love what you're saying there. It's like when you talk about Jesus has a way of making eternal things make sense, he also has a way of inviting us to the right questions. Yes. Like we don't even know the right questions to ask. <laughs> true. It's you true. know? Um, and that's why I think a lot of times in his ministry, mm. when he was asked a question, he responded with a question, almost as if to say, you're asking the wrong question. Oh, because he wanted to, like you said, he's wanting to take us to what's actually what's important, important, critical. Yeah. And so we don't hear much about Nicodemus. He goes home and scratches his head and goes, <laughs> well, this is what he said. you got to be born again. But, but you know who's burying Jesus? Mm. Artemis and Nicodemus yeah. are, are putting perfume on his body later. He, he, so, he gave that guy such a great question. It tra- changed his life. He rewired his head, and he said, this, I, can, I can help bury you, Jesus, because that's the value you have to me, you know? So I have on my list, Jesus is my lifelong friend, my BFF. He he walks with me in the neighborhood. He goes on hikes with me. When I'm sitting in dark places, Jesus is there. I'm always talking to him. He He is the friend that doesn't forsake me. He doesn't judge me. He doesn't criticize me. And it's so weird because if you don't, you know... There are uh, believers that say you, you have to have a relationship. You have, you have to make him real. I mean, they're trying to coach you into something. But when when he's your BFF, you go, yeah, he's there. Yeah, what are you talking about? You know. Uh, and and so I I sort of sm- snicker when I hear that. You know, um, because they're trying. There's two classes of people: the people that really walk with Jesus, and the one that's know about Jesus. I guess I'm putting it in two classes. You know about Jesus, but you don't walk with him. And it's just like, why is Jesus the answer in bad times and good times? Because he's always there. Yeah, he's always there. And if we're honest, who else could we ever say about that in our lives? Yeah. Even, even. I mean, even if you think about it, if somebody is married for 50 years. Well, but you're probably 75. Yeah. So that was 50 years of your life with you're with your spouse, but Jesus has been with you like we said earlier. He knew you were being formed in your mother's yeah, womb. He's been That's good. And and what I like what you're saying too because the way I'm hearing it when you say it that way is he is my lifelong friend. Oh. I haven't good. always been a friend to him, have I? Wow. But he yeah. has always been a friend to me. Amen. So when I've been faithless, when I have been rude, when I have been unkind, when I've uh. taken a taken a break from Jesus, he's never done that with me. You know what Amen. I mean? So it's like that's that's, re- that's a real friend. That's good. And that's why Jesus, right? And and it's funny because if you met anyone, how often would you say, Well, well, you should be his friend. You you, you should just be his friend. No, if you like someone, 
You just become their friend. Exactly. There's no question. <laughs> it's, it's a given. I'll be talking to you some more, and we'll just nobody has to tell me. You don't right? have to make a delineation point like this yeah. is where we became friends. No, but and I think, and I, I don't mean to pick on that too much, but I think it's that potential in your life that yeah. he could be your best friend, and you could be talking to him. And people that are lonely out there, and people don't know, just make him your best friend. Mm-hmm. He'd like to go up to the mountain with you. He'd like to live in the valley with you. He'd like to, you know, prosper with you. He'd like to grieve with you, mm. you know, and it's just like we're desperate for someone to walk with us to the end. So listeners, this has been a little bit of a different kind of a broadcast, but we hope that it has maybe stirred you to ask the question in your own mind, well, yeah, why Jesus? Why is he important? Why must I have him in my life. Why must I seek a relationship with him? If you've got questions about that, or if you're struggling even just when your walk with Jesus, maybe something that we said resonated with you where you realize, mm-hmm. maybe I maybe I have just kind of been living in that category of just sort of knowing about Jesus, but I'm not really intimately walking with him. Reach out to us. We'd love to help you on on that journey. And we're always grateful you're here, and yes. we look forward to seeing you Thank back you. here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. So God bless. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.